Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road and with the rooster. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? We are still in Hawaii, and we have a lovely rooster who's we got just lots outside of roosters. the door. Rooster just run around here, and uh, I hate to admit it, but um, our son, who also live, who actually lives on the island, sometimes takes his BB gun out and shoots one for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> there's how's, so how's that many. For a start? There's so many chickens <laughs> in in Hawaii. Anyway, a lot of you who come often to Hawaii or have ever visited think of Hawaii as one big beach, but we uh, our little place is up country. It's called up country. And uh, it's partway up Mount Haleakala, a, a 10,700-foot volcano here on Maui. We're looking out at the window at it right now, and it's, the slope of it is so gradual, you have a hard time believing it's really over 10,000 feet. But we live about 2,000 feet up that. Our elevation is 2,000 feet, and we think it's the real Hawaii. It's the jungle Hawaii. It rains a lot here. The, the nights are cool, the days are warm, and we can get to the beach in 10 minutes. Right. It's so beautiful. There's a bamboo forest near here. And uh, Wait, what's our goal here, honey? We're trying to get people to eat their hearts right. out. Right. <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, we hope you're happy wherever you are. Um, we know there's been some smog in Utah and Salt Lake City. So sorry. Sorry if you're sitting in the smog. But we are really thrilled to be having some time to really think and really contemplate some things that we just can't do in the everyday life. So we've been. In, in fact, if you're not a regular listener, you're wondering, what are, what are they talking about? We, we, we we're here for a couple of months, essentially on a riding retreat. We're trying, as you just said, Linda, we're trying to get. We have so many writing projects that we get started and then they're not finished. And we're here just trying to buckle down and get them done. But we are trying to leave a little time for the beach. And for there's a wonderful tennis club here. And I love going over there. And Linda is a great walker. The great thing about Linda's walks now is she usually brings back a coconut or an avocado or Something that fell on the road in front of her. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, actually, speaking of the writing, I have enjoyed so much uh, writing, uh, having a writing assignment every week yeah. for Christmas. Our daughter-in-law, Christy, I or Noah's wife, gave me a gift of something called StoryWorth, which is something that sends you a question every week about your childhood or about your family. And then you send it back by the next week and then they give you another assignment. And boy, that is really hard uh, when you think about uh, how many times I have started on this and stopped, started and stopped. So by Sunday, I've got to have this ready about my, what was your dad <laughs> you like? You take deadlines seriously. I do. I feel like this is the, my chance to really get this done. So part of what we're writing is personal like that. And part is trying to finish a book and trying to finish some articles and Anyway, we're glad to be here, but we are always glad to do Ayers on the Road because we've established some little themes that are really meaningful to us. We hope they're meaningful to you as well. And we, we come back to 
one of the themes, very often we did it last week, we're doing it again this week, we call it Three-Letter Lessons. And this will become a book at some point, but, but right now it's just a thought we have that so many of life's lessons, particularly as they apply to families and parenting and marriage and commitment and the relationship side of life, so many lessons or principles can be encapsulated into one three-letter word. So we call it three-letter lessons. And last week we we did it on the three-letter lesson of ask, A-S-K, and how powerful it is to ask questions and to be able to ask good questions and be able to teach our children to ask good questions. How often have you um, met a child who asks you a good question and how impressed you are because that child is thinking outside of himself and he's learned how to be curious and how to ask. And, and we ask our, our, our Heavenly Father in prayer. The ability to ask is the key to good prayers. I just have to add a little addendum to last week because I went on another Grammy date this week. Oh, yeah. Actually, we did too. Um, but we'll talk about the second one later. But with Elsie, our granddaughter that just turned 15, who is a delight. She wears a beret to the date. And we go up and down the streets of Makawao. And then we had a lovely dinner together. And I just ask her so many questions. But she is so fun. It is so fun to just delve into their minds. And so speaking of ask, once again. Well, and Linda's, you're too modest. Linda's prepared this amazing list of 10 questions. Well, we we, talked about that last time. Well, I think we ought to devote a whole a whole wires on the road program to uh, the kind of questions you can ask your grandchildren to really, really get to know them. We had to do yeah, that one of these so. times, but anyway, that, that, that I just threw back to that sort of reintroduced this idea of three letter lessons. And we're going to get to the three letter lesson for today, but I think you have one more thing to say. Well, I was just going <laughs> to say one thing that she said yesterday that just tickled me. She said, um, I said, what are two things you're looking for in a future husband? Oh. <laughs> and she said, oh, I just want someone who, she thought about this for a long time. I want someone who just adores me and just loves me for who I am. And then she kind of got a twinkle in her eye. She said, I know this sounds kind of um, maybe, I don't remember her word, base or, <laughs> you know, too common. But she said, I just hope he has some money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're, you're really good at getting, you know, you put these grandkids in a situation and Linda's taking notes. And so, and we know they, they know that it's just between us, although we just shared it on the radio, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you get some great things out of them, but the, the three letter lesson for this episode of ours on the road is really a fascinating one to me. It's, it's the, the, the word is yet Y E T. Just a beautiful little word because when you put that word on the end of the things that you're worried about or concerned about or feel inadequate about or feel frustrated about or anything else, it changes it all. For example, I'm just not as good a parent as I'd like to be yet. I'm, I'm not as in shape as I'd like to be yet. I'm not as good at studying the scriptures as I should be yet. 
I mean, it just it it it's it's a beautiful word because it expresses the sentiment that actually life is long. This is one of your favorite phrases, Linda, and we don't have to be we don't have to beat ourselves up on our inadequacies because we have the power, not instantly, it's not a quick fix, but we can work on things. We can change things gradually. We can be patient with ourselves. And the word yet just changes the whole paradigm. Wow, it does really. But it also, what do you think about this? It also conjures up like, so when am I going to get started? Well, <laughs> true. Things. So maybe it could make you feel guilty if you've been saying yet forever and you haven't done right. anything about it. Right. But it does give you a certain amount of relief. Like, oh, yeah, there's still time to do that. I I am kind of driven our children. You are very driven. Our children are driven. I keep thinking back off. Wait a minute. You've got a long, part, a long life to accomplish all this. You don't have to do it all this month. But I do think that yet yeah, is a really valuable word in a lot of ways. Well, when you just add that to, to it has the power as a concept, that little three letter word to switch your mind from um a sort of a failure mentality or a sort of a I'm falling short mentality to a hopeful mentality, you know, and it causes us to look again and say, you know, I'm not what I want to be yet. No one is, but I, but I, but I can move toward it. I, because the next thing you say after yet is when, Right. Then, That's what I'm saying. And then you're thinking, you know, then you're doing things. But don't you think also, Linda, it's kind of a it's it's a word that suggests re-examination and progress and growth. And that that's what we're here about. That's what in our church at least. That's the goal is eternal progression. And eternal progression on this earth life gets down to little things that we're trying to become better at. And it's the, it's, it's the Socratic, it's what Socrates said, right? The unexamined life is not worth living. And what we all need to do a little better job of is to find actual times and places to re-examine what's important to us and how we can improve on it and to use the word yet. And use the word yet to get us into a, a way of thinking about constant growth, even if it's in fits and starts. And even if we fall back and even if we make mistakes, which we all do, to keep coming back to our effort to, to grow. Well, even actually, this means more and more to us as we get older. I think it does. Because we kind of get these spits and stops as you were just talking about, you know, I was so excited to come back here and just walk my two miles every day and find those avocados. <laughs> so excited. And then I started, I, I, when I first went up, I knew I'd had some trouble with my sciatic, but I could not get two blocks without being intense pain. Yeah. So I'm thinking, Oh shoot, my life is going to end. I can't do this. I'm getting too old. And then I realized, well, uh, what do we do here? We're going to have to do something different. And so that's really good. I've yeah. been starting doing some exercises, which I've never done before. I am not athletic at all. 
I am the worst. In fact, you will not. <laughs> you, you will verify that. But I do really want to do this. So you start figuring out Wait, how. I'm not athletic yet. No, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it's not going to work on that one. Oh, shoot. That's right. I never thought about that. But but I can do physical things and I can I can improve myself always. And so but not yet. I mean, I have to I have to figure out how to make that work. You know, that's actually really an interesting point, honey, because, um, you know, if if we are so set on the fact that we know where we're going to go and we're trying to control our goals and we're trying to, I'm, I'm not good at this yet and I'm going to become good at it no matter what. And then maybe you've got an injury and you can't do that thing you wanted to do or whatever. So, so the concept of yet should also involve some flexibility. Maybe that's one I put on the shelf for a while. That's what you've done. You've like, this is not going to be like last time we were here. We're walking and and running and getting in shape was my main thing because I've got this little injury now. I'm going to do some other things. You, it, it yet involves a kind of flexibility. I can set this one on the shelf for a while while I recover, and I can do something else that's equally important, maybe more important. You know, and it's that that following of. Uh, we've just been reading a C.S. Lewis book. Uh, one of his, I'd say personally, it's one of my very favorites called Paralandra. And I might have mentioned this last week in the show, but the metaphor is it's a new world. It's like Adam and Eve, but it's a fantasy world. And the commandment given to the woman is not to not eat the fruit. It's to not sleep on the fixed land, because on this world, part, most of the land is a floating island. And you never know if it'll be there the next day. And things change on it all the time. Mm-hmm. And the metaphor is if you're on the fixed land, you, th- you start thinking you have control. I can do this and I can leave this here and it'll be there tomorrow. And I can, I can control my life and I can decide what I'm going to do. But on the floating island, you take the fruit that's given you. You take what comes each day. You follow the spirit. And that's what we're saying with yet is, is the idea that you're seeking where you want to be and where you want to go and what you want to do. But you don't assume that you know everything. You, you keep relying on prayer. The unexamined life is not just you examining your life. It's asking God what he wants you to do constantly so that you're following his agenda and not your own. Right, exactly. Well, we, um, we hope you'll contemplate that for a minute while we take this little break because we have a few more suggestions for you and for ourselves. I wish this was a dialogue. I wish this was a dialogue, but yeah, since it, it isn't, yeah. we're going to give you some other options and other ideas in the next half. So hang on. Stay with us for a little more on the magical three-letter lesson of yet. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about the word yet. And if you've listened to the first half, we're not going to try to re-explain that. Um, but there are so many things that I, so when I think about it, um, I'm not great at, we're, we're starting a, working on a keto diet just to see what happens. And, uh, <laughs> It's sort of working, but not like we'd like it to yet. Not yet. That's right. Yet. 
Now, now we're not suggesting that the word yet become an excuse, like, you know, maybe someday I'll do these important things. Uh, we're, we're suggesting that the word yet can give you a new perspective where you're not saying I'm permanently this way. I'm permanently yeah. unable to do this. I'm permanently bad at this. I'm permanently inadequate at that. We're just suggesting that yet suggests what we all believe in. At least I think most of us listening and participating today believe in, and that's eternity. That's that we've got a long time and we don't have to ever completely give up on anything. And it gets back to this examination of life. Um, I like the metaphor of a, the little story of, you know, someone asked a, a railroad engineer. My grandfather was a railroad engineer. I'm attracted to railroad stories. But in this one, they said, how do you, how do you dare drive this locomotive uh, 80 miles an hour at night and you can't, you don't know what's around the next bend and your, your, your light only illuminates the track for about a, a hundred yards. And the engineer said, well, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. And I've always found that when I get to the end of that hundred yards, I can see the next hundred yards. And so often that's how our lives are. We, we wish God would give us a whole blueprint, like, okay, here's your life. Here's what you do this year and next year, and here's the next 10 years, and here's the next 50 years. Just follow this blueprint. We sometimes think that's the kind of answers we want to our prayers, and instead, the Lord just gives us the next little, little section, and he doesn't even do that. We have to come up with the idea and take it to the Lord and say, is this good? Do you approve? Is this what, am I on the right track? And then you get that confirmation and you move forward. It's like the old poem, Linda. We used to quote this a lot. We haven't said it for a while. I said to the man who stood at the gate of years, give me a light that I might step forth. And the voice came back, step out into the darkness and put your hand in mine, for that is better than a light and surer than a known way. And that's what we're saying is that, you, you examine your life and you keep asking and you keep the mentality that you want to do what the Lord wants you to do, not what you want to do. And that applies to everything. That applies to parenting. You know, you say, I'm not as good a parent as I want to be yet. And then you go in prayer and you ask, how can I do better? What can I do better? What insight can I gain through the spirit that will help me to understand my child more and will help me to understand what I can do better. That kind of thinking is so much more powerful and beneficial than reading a parenting book or trying to find someone else's answer because other people don't have your children and they're not you. But when you pray about it, when you examine, when you try to decide what you're not doing that you can do yet, that's when answers start to come. It's it's so true. I I've got up early this morning and I've been working on my dad's history, as I mentioned at the first. And you know, my dad was a fabulous man with gnarled hands and such a wise heart. And he never finished the eighth grade. 
and he went just went through life doing working the land using his hands to uh, create food and and sustenance for his first of all the family he grew up in of 10 children and then for us as our little family and i i i just this makes me think that he must have thought oh gosh you know what if i'd had an education what would be different or what um what didn't i do you know, I knowing my dad, he he kind of thought, well, you know, it is what it is, and so on. But as I am looking back at his life, he was a fabulous father, and he did so many good things for so many people that he couldn't have done better as far as who he was and what he had to work with. And so I think I hope he's not regretting anything and thinking, oh, I, I never did get to that. I mean, yet yet was not in the picture for some of the things that maybe he wished he would, he could do. But I think if you look back and have a life in your life in perspective, that there are things that you still can do, but you don't have to do everything. Well, the worst position to be in, regardless of your age, I think is where you feel like you're stuck, you know? And I, and I think we have, that's interesting. You mentioned your dad because he, I'm glad he stayed where he was and did what he did. I mean, maybe if he'd said, I'm not educated yet, and if he'd devoted himself to furthering his education, I mean, that really wasn't maybe in the in yeah. the in the playing cards yeah, for him because story. he was in it. But we live in a world now where almost anything's possible. Think of the difference in the world. I mean, is if today you can educate yourself on your computer. I mean, you can do, we have so many many options that people didn't have then. And I'm not suggesting that I would change anything about your dad because he was a wonderful, rare farmer mentality that we can all just learn from today. But I think what what we are suggesting is that the word yet can be motivational. It can, it can, because you know, you, you say, I'm not this yet. And maybe you say, and and frankly, I don't really want to be. It's not that important to me. But other things you say, well, I'm not this yet. And you say, but I'm going to become this, you know, I mean, that's yeah, this where it is important to me. That's, yeah. that's where the inspiration starts to come in. And uh, I think, what, correct me if I'm wrong, honey, but we've we've discovered that that's not the kind of thing you can just sort of think about casually. If you really want to change something where you're saying yet, you have to do some things about it and you have to set aside some times. We've always tried, and I wish we were better examples of this because we've preached it so often and it's easier to say than to do, but we have a weekly Sunday session, the two of us, where we think about the week that's gone by and about the week ahead. We bear our testimonies to each other just privately. We schedule our time for the next week. And and here's the interesting thing. Those Sunday sessions wouldn't mean much and wouldn't be very, uh, they wouldn't wouldn't add up. They wouldn't be very consistent. If we didn't also have a monthly session on fast Sundays, we try to sit down and say, you know, where are we going? What's important to us in the coming month? And that wouldn't be very meaningful if we didn't once a year 
this is where it really gets fun and interesting. Try to get away usually at the beginning of the year. And we used to do it at the beginning of the school year because that was the thing that was defined our, our family in those days where we'd go somewhere together for a full day and just think about the year ahead. The unexamined life is not worth living. This is examining your life. What's the next year hold? And frankly, those sessions wouldn't have been very meaningful if we didn't have some five-year goals and plans. Now, some of you are listening saying, whoa, that sounds pretty structured to me. Well, do it in a serendipitous way and in a prayerful way where you're not trying to force things to happen. You're trying to say, this is where we think we're going, but we want to pray about it all the time and get inspiration. Do we need to alter our course a little? Do we need to add some things? What's missing? Because we want to, we want this to be the Lord's course for us, not our own course for ourselves. But I'm saying, if you don't set aside time, if you're married, do it as a couple. If you're single, do it, you know, with the spirit and figure out where it is that that yet question is leading you to go. Yeah, this has made me think that we have, do have this construct and we aren't the best at it, but we do have an idea of where we want to go um, together as well as individually. But I, and I, when I write in my little book on Sunday nights, the goals for the next week, um, I put a little uh, circle by it so I can fill it in at the end of the week. We've trained oh, the kids yeah, to do yeah. that. Now we do that. Um, but <laughs> I, think of, <laughs> I think of how many of those things that I just put a line through at the end of the week, like, nope, something more important came up. Nope, I did something better than that. You Ooh, know, that's I, good. And, yeah. and so I'll get to that sometime, but not yet. It, there are other things that are just more important. Oh, that's so good, honey. That That's a perfect additional use of the word yet. Not as an excuse, but be forgiving and be gentle with yourself, right? I mean, we right. have some friends I'm thinking of who set a goal, and if they don't get that goal, they they just fall apart. I mean, they they it's like they're a failure. And and maybe I think with you, this is true so often. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but Linda, Linda's a good You're goal always setter. Trying to embarrass no, me. Linda's a good goal setter, but if something else comes along. And it's often the need of a child or a person she's trying to help in, in, the, in the ward or in the neighborhood or something. And you don't have any compunction at all about crossing off that goal you had for yourself and just saying, not yet. I'm not, I'll, I'll do that another time because something else came along that was more important than that. So not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is that can be a word that can bring on guilt or it's a word that can bring on a really good excuse to do something different. And a refocus that it's not, you know, it, it, it can bring a humility, right? right? I thought that was my goal for today, but, but God gave me a, a, a higher goal or a higher purpose. And sometimes it's just, shoot, I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's just, Oh, I didn't do it yet, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a, a, such an interesting word to contemplate. We all have yet experiences in our lives every week, sometimes every day, but we have to be forgiving. I mean, I think a lot of times it's just a way for us to 
forgive ourselves. We're not getting that's the key. It's kind of a it kind of takes the stress out of something, you know? Yeah. I didn't do that goal yet. (laughs) And then you're like, all right, I'm fine. And yeah. you, you can kind of forgive yourself. And Except when you do it over and over, and over. <laughs> which I do. Too. Maybe we should put a limit on the yet. After you get to 10 yet, maybe you have to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, working on this. Yeah. Um, but it's good to think about. It's a good um, stress reliever. You know, if you're feeling a lot of stress or a lot of, um, which a lot of us are, a lot of people are. Um feeling anxiety and so on. Well, you just say the word yet, it just kind of dissipates. And we're talking about a lot of little things that come along, but let us just end with the idea that it it applies to some very big things. We know there are listeners out there who are saying, well, you know, I'm not married yet. And I'm really sad that I'm not, I haven't found the right person yet. And I'm not, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not able to go on the mission I wanted to go on yet. And I haven't got the, the job that I wanted in my career yet. So these can be big, big things. But what we need to remember is that the Lord has maybe a different timing than we do. Right. And we don't, we get it. Don't you think the big problem sometimes in, in the church, in our church and in many situations is people who have in mind a certain sequence, you know, I'm going to go to school and while I'm there, I'm going to meet the person I marry and then I'm going to get married and then I'm going to have these children and then we're going to live in this place and so on. And they, they have a scenario right. in mind and it doesn't happen. And I'm going to be married happily order. forever after. And then, yeah. Course, you know. So you say, yeah, <laughs> those things haven't happened to me yet, but in good time and with faith, they will happen. And maybe thinking, in a different order. Or maybe it doesn't need to happen. Maybe I need to change my course in something. Or maybe it happens in the next life. Right, exactly. So those so I think you get the feeling we're trying to give you of yet is a an encouraging word, but also a relaxing word if we do it in the form of faith. So there are a few ideas for next week. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ours on the Road, and we hope to see you next time. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.